0: Let's uh, now visit with Craig Milano's. Hey, Craig, this is John Williams, and welcome back. You're on WGN Radio. How are you? Hey, John, great to be with you. Snowmageddon Friday. Yeah, uh, Craig Belanos is the co-founder and CEO of Wealth Management Group. I, I said in sort of promoting your appearance, let's see if he is as cheerful about the economy as everybody else seems to be this week. But maybe the inflation numbers are going to temper our, you know, our cheerfulness. What do you think about all of that?
1: No, the truth is, you know what, I mean, we had two levels of inflation data come out this week. We had the CPI data, Obviously, that was a bit disappointing. The core component came down, but shelter, the cost of housing, it's so stubborn. Eventually, we're going to get a break there. And then this morning, 730 Central Time, we got the PPI data, the producer price a little bit better. So what does all that mean? I think it still puts us in a place where the market is slightly misaligned with the Federal Reserve. The market's thinking, again, five to six rate cuts. I don't think we're getting five to six rate cuts. I think we're only going to get two to three. So the water, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. The inflation's just lukewarm right now.
0: But what's the inflation rate at? The target is two. Didn't it tick up a little bit?
1: Oh, it is. Don't get me wrong. The problem is, John, and I've said this before on the show, and I'm going to stick with it. I, don't, I think this 2% number is kind of a false deity. I think it's a false target. I just have such a hard time believing that we're ever going to get down to a 2% number. I wish the Fed hadn't floated that because I just don't know how realistic it is. I mean, I am shaped by my own experience through the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s today, and running at 3% inflation? Kind of feels normal in the same way to me. Three to four percent money markets and four to five percent bond yields feel normal too.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I've often asked you and others, so what's so magical about the number 2% and isn't 2.8% feel about the same? Aren't we about as close to what the Fed wants? Can't they start to reduce rates, particularly if the markets are doing well and if wages are outstripping inflation, then it seems to me like you've got a winning formula. But the Fed would not seem to be satisfied with that otherwise.
1: No, I mean, listen, we have a very good prescription. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you actually thread the needle on a sunny day, even when you had a cataract. I mean, it's kind of tough to do. The truth of the matter is this. I mean... <sighs> you know, when I think about the one big risk to the inflation data, I'm okay with where the numbers are. I think about the events of last night. I mean, we ended up lobbing bombs, dropping missiles into the Red Sea. And you have to look at oil prices. Oil prices are so low, so soft, so benign. If we ended up getting a... Spike in oil—that's a core component to these inflation numbers. It's going to change the mix. So I think the Fed's just got to be incredibly patient, and people are going to have to come to grips that we're not going to get as many cuts as the market thought in the middle of November and December of this past year.
0: It's funny that you say that. Dr. Bob Freilich was on on Wednesday, and he's very optimistic for a variety of reasons. I don't need to go into, but he thinks it might be as many as eight. Drops by the Fed. But his one of his caveats was now he said, oh, no, look, I don't have a crystal ball. And, you know, if, a, if another war breaks out, well, that'll change things. And you never know what's going to happen in the Red Sea right now. So I, I suppose that's not a tiny caveat to even his optimistic predictions.
1: No, that's just it. I mean, because really, you know, for everything to stay Goldilocks, which, by the way, is the environment we were in, that was the most fun I've had. Thanksgiving and, you know, what I call the – Christmas holiday season of December is you've got to have the inflation be stable, continue to slowly drop down, especially that break in shelter. You've got to have the Fed have a couple of rate cuts. You've got to have double-digit profit growth in the S&P. Remember, John, we're coming into a year where last year people thought 225 earnings. Now people think $245 of earnings for the S&P. That's double-digit price growth. And we have to hope that the consumer's somehow has a money tree that they printed in the backyard that's going to allow them to continue to spend. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that's got to go right. There's a couple of things that could get us juxtaposed in the mix, but I'm encouraged still to start 2024.
0: Okay, let me put you on hold then for a second. Tell me what those couple of things are that might worry you a little bit. And also just tell me what you think about Can the markets, can the three major indices repeat their performances this year that they had last year? What are
1: the couple of things that gets me as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs as to why things could derail?
0: It's not the way I put it, but yes. What were those
1: couple of caveats you've got? The couple of caveats, the disclaimers, here they go. Number one, if Congress shows an inability in this election year to adequately deal with with the debt service and the raising and continuing resolutions, then what'll happen is you'll see treasury yields go higher. That means interest rates go higher, that further injures the cost of borrowing, slows down the consumer. Number two, we just talked about it, I think the dark horse that's out there is energy prices. If we get a spike in energy prices, we know together that that's a direct tax on the consumer, that's gonna slow everything down. Part number three in terms of what I think we need to pay attention to that could derail is just, again, a misalignment of investor expectations relative to those Federal Reserve rate cuts, which are all tied to, again, interest rates and inflation. So those are my big three. I know I left the election out of it because I think the election is out of it. I know I left some of the geopolitical tensions out of it, but that's related to oil prices primarily. So there's my three, John
0: about those oil prices gas is about 269 a gallon for a lot of us i wonder how much on the upside we could tolerate before there were real repercussions i mean uh, sometimes i pay 349 sometimes i pay 279 it depends on where i am but it would seem to me like gas prices are low enough right now that they could go up a little bit and we wouldn't suffer much for it
1: no, I think there is definitely some room. I I can't put a number in terms of a dollar value of unleaded gasoline, but I can put a number on it when it comes to a barrel of West Texas crude. You know, right now oil sells in the low seventies, call it seventy three dollars a barrel. But it wasn't that long ago. And when I say not that long ago, we're talking September of 2023, oil prices were $93, not $73. And if oil goes above 86, that's our red line in the sand, that's going to signal some problems down for us as consumers at the pump.
0: You're listening to Craig Bolanos. He's the co-founder and CEO of Wealth Management Group. Invest with WMG.com is his website. What are the chances that the Dow, the NASDAQ, and uh, the S&P can repeat their performance in 24?
1: Mm, Well, if anybody thinks we're going to have a follow-up act, act part two, number two, that's going to replicate the massive gains that happened in 2023, uh, it's probably wishful thinking. The valuations don't support it. But do we have an environment, if, the inflation can be stable and go down, the consumer can continue to spend based on a tight labor market and strong jobs where you see single digit growth in broad based equity prices, put dividends on top, that strong single digits, I think there's a great chance that that can still occur in 2024. And don't forget, the bond side of everyone's portfolio looks good because starting yields, which are now higher, courtesy of better interest rates, that's a good predictor for total returns in bonds in 2024.
0: And lower interest rates are good for businesses. And Bob Fralick said that he also thinks there's a lot of capital on the sidelines waiting to get back into uh, markets uh, waiting to reinvest in businesses, and he thinks that's really going to drive the economy
1: this year. Do you share that view? Well, I can say I can say it from this. Dr. Bob is fantastic, always an optimist, which makes it wonderful to speak with him. And there is plenty of investment capital on the side. I mean, believe that's it or not, even about. with these, yeah. yeah, even with these massive market gains that happened in 2023 to help recover some of 2022's loss, there was still so much dry powder sitting on the sidelines. And I think what's going to be interesting to see is how much of that dry powder comes back into stocks versus how much of that dry powder comes back into bonds when people can get guaranteed coupons yeah, of five yeah. still. I still yeah. think there's a bit of competition there.
0: Well, you already said that you don't think it's going to be eight. You think it's closer to two drops in the interest rate by the Fed. But what else would you take exception with what he said? It sounds like you did hear a lot of Bob Frelick on with us and Terry Savage on Wednesday. Any other places that you depart from him?
1: No, you know, I think generally speaking, you know, I'm just a little bit more balanced in my outlook. I was so happy that we at the Wealth Management Group didn't buy a one-way ticket to Recession Island last year like far too many people did. We talked about the probability of a soft landing the possibility of a hard landing, I'm still in that same camp for 2024, but this is definitely the show me year, right? Not the show me state, the show me year. The data is really going to have to support this market. It's going to be very data dependent, and I didn't get too excited this morning on the bank earnings coming out of the, you know, Uh, the big banks before the opening bell. But no, I think we're kind of on pace. Everyone should just be rebalancing their portfolio back to target, paying attention to the taxes and controlling what we can control going into the new year.
0: Do you think stocks are fairly priced right now?
1: I think that the S&P 500 is definitely fairly priced, trading at the multiple that it is. As far as small caps go, I can't get too excited yet because the cost of borrowing that you alluded. I think what is really interesting to me, even though I – live in the United States. We manage money in the United States, own business in the United States. I do look at the other side of the pond, specifically the Far East. When I say the Far East, I'm talking about Japan. The valuations look good there. I think it's an interesting idea. As far as developed Europe goes, They just have more structural issues, et cetera. But getting some dollars into the Far East in Japan might be a good tactical asset allocation play for a portion of an investor's foreign capital in 2024. But
0: we've heard that small and mid-sized caps were a good place for money right now. You don't
1: agree with that? I, I think when you ask me, what do I feel more confident in? the valuations in SMID, small, mid, got absolutely crushed, certainly underperformed the S&P 500. When I look at the S&P 400 mid caps, the S&P 600 small caps, and there's room for them to make money, but they are going to be much more interest rate sensitive. And because I'm not jumping at the idea of six interest rate cuts, I would much rather focus on some of these large, well-established, great companies of America that are in the space of Healthcare, et cetera, which sat out last year's rally. So look at those healthcare stocks, look at those large cap defense stocks. I think there's room for growth there and stability moving forward.
0: Well, what I'm hoping is that we have a broader base. I don't want seven stocks to raise the entire index. I, I hope that we have a broader base participation
1: this year i am so happy you said that because you know something that you and i had talked about i keep notes john because i love you love your show is back in october we had said if this market turns people might want to start focusing portions of their money not on cap weighted stock indices but on the equal weight version of stock indices because if the soft landing happens you're right The market is going to have to broaden. So I encourage people to take a look, maybe at not just S&P 500, but S&P 500 equal weight, both as a tool to grow money and control some of that concentration risk in the Magnificent Seven now that we're into 2024.
0: I think that's an interesting distinction you make there. And I think only lately have we heard much talk about that. Craig's been on that for a while. Craig Balanos is the co-founder and CEO of Wealth Management Group. Invest with com is his website. Always nice to talk to you, Craig. Thanks for your help today.
1: Absolutely. Stay warm, John.